and and uh, just just story after story of God uh, moving and doing things in in people's lives. Uh, every now and then, you just hit a period of time that it feels like it's uh, kind of an acceleration of God's work in in people's hearts and and people's lives. And and we've just seen that over the last little while, all kinds of amazing things happening. So I wanted to sort of tell a few of those stories. Uh, I got to find my coffee though; that's pretty critical. Um, Tell, tell a few of those stories and, and just fit in with what we've been doing in terms of a sermon track over the last several weeks. We've been kind of talking through uh, our core values uh, as a church, talking through uh, what are some of these sort of things that, that we center around as a community that kind of glue us together that are sort of important ideas and have been since we started the church uh, a little over 10 years ago. And, uh, and how do we sort of just remember those things and and uh, let them enrich us and see them in a fresh way. And so we're going to look at uh, a value call that we call, and it's written in our value, core values document, called Naturally Supernatural. And, and the idea is, is that we're a church, a, a group of people that believes that the Holy Spirit uh, is, is active in the community and active in the church today and doing, uh, doing amazing things still. Uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I use that word catalyst there in that image because, you know, it is possible for us to function as people sort of learning things in a cognitive way and, and uh, sort of connecting with ideas and reading the scriptures. And of course, the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures to us and, and we're transformed and we learn, we learn new behaviors and, and all of that. But there are times when the gifts of the Spirit are poured out where it sort of catalyzes uh, change in, in a bit of a more rapid and dramatic fashion. And we like the work of being transformed through uh, the, the long-term process of just being people who are discipled and, and people who are learning. But we, we love it when the Holy Spirit hits the gas pedal and, and does, uh, does something that's kind of a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more, uh, more exciting. Uh, and that's just the Holy Spirit's prerogative to do that. Uh, and, and so we're going to just tell a few, of those, a few of those stories. But let's just read through this core value. Uh, so we can understand where we're coming from as a church, uh, and then and we'll go on from there. Uh, and then again, this is just one of these values that's, uh, that's available on our website. We value the miraculous well explained. Just that phrase there to introduce it is important because uh, we, we are a church that is, would be, you know, classed a charismatic church and that we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we want God to be doing all of uh, those things. But we are trying to not be a culturally charismatic church with a lot of the kind of, uh, the, we, we, wanna, we want absolutely everything that is awesome and godly and real and powerful. We just don't want to be super weird about it. We want to be, be the right kind of weird. We want to be the kind of weird that changes lives, but not the kind of weird that's just a culturally weird because we're culturally weird. How many of you know Christians can just be culturally weird? Sometimes, right? So, I mean, and, and coming into Christianity, coming into faith, uh, the Christian worldview is weird enough for anybody, right? Isn't it just, just weird to, to figure out, yeah, Jesus loves me. Yeah, I can have a relationship with him. Uh, yeah, he has an opinion about my life and, and how uh, I move forward. All of that stuff, that's just a culturally challenging thing for people coming into the faith to connect with. But uh, we're, we're trying to 
be the good kind of weird. We say God is real. We welcome and seek the power of the Holy Spirit to heal and touch us on every level, be it physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual. We, we actually believe that God interacts with us as people and actually does things in our lives, that it's not just a cognitive process. God actually acts in space and time. We welcome the expression of spiritual gifts like healing and the prophetic as humble service to the community, as true expressions of Jesus' kingdom among us. So we see all these gifts working, but they work as service to the community, not for raising up superstars or building a platform for ministries or, or any of the sort of self-glorifying things that happen in the church, that these gifts exist so that we can serve one another and serve the purposes of God. Really, really simple stuff. We want to exercise our gifts thoughtfully. We want to walk in balance and humility and we'll pray hard with our eyes open. So when we're doing ministry time and prayer time, uh, oftentimes uh, in, in, in my experience when I've been in a, a sort of a hyper-charismatic uh, setting, it's kind of like eyes closed and like this. I'm not going to open my eyes because I don't even want to know if anything's happening. <laughs> you know? Uh, where we, we want to be, be actually interacting with people. And when we do a prayer time with somebody, I'll say, hey, is this working for you? Like, are, are you connecting with this? Does this make any, any sense? And so it's interactive and not hyper-spiritual, hyper right? Um, so we want to walk in balance and humility. We'll pray hard with our eyes open. Our ministry style will tend to be laid back and dialed down. We're avoiding hype. Uh, we acknowledge that we're human, and sometimes these things are a bit beyond us. We don't want God's miracles to go to our heads. Right? So we want everything that God's doing, but we're not uh, taking all of these things on as, as our identity that, that we're just encouraged because uh, we're super, we have superpowers. We actually do have access to God's superpowers, but that's not what our identity is about. That's not going to be something that blows our, our heads up. We're going to also remember that we all struggle with sin. We all wrestle with, with pain and, and all of these things, right? Um, so we welcome his powerful intervention in our lives. We want to leave lots of room for God to work. Uh, when we're doing prayer ministry, we'll also try to explain what's going on for anyone who might be new to the God stuff, right? So as we're, as we're doing ministry and we're praying for people, we're going to just take time to teach through it. Right? So if we take time and we pray for healing in, in a service, we're going to explain to anybody who's new that, hey, we're just praying for people. We're going to explain why we might gently lay hands on somebody or, or whatever so that it just is something that's explainable. We, we value the supernatural well explained. So that's just sort of where, where we fit. We want absolutely everything that God is doing, but we uh, want to be, be level-headed about it. So that's, that's just sort of one of our core values as a church. Uh, the text I want to read today, uh, just to talk about uh, how that works with, with the Holy Spirit uh, working through his gifts to catalyze change, is the text that we actually read in the worship set. So uh, I want to just uh, read that to us, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Isaiah 61, 1-7. We're just reading this again. There's no way I can read it like my wife does. Uh, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And we're just remembering that this is something that Jesus uh, read about himself in a synagogue early in his ministry. And that story is in Luke chapter 4. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. 
to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because. Now we're imagining that we're uh, sitting in the synagogue and Jesus uh, steps up. This is in Luke chapter four. He steps up uh, to the podium. It's, it's time to read this particular passage. And Jesus, uh, this rabbi that everybody sort of knows, has been around for a little while, steps up and read this, reads this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he reads on really just through verse one and part of verse two. And then he says, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. <laughs> and he sits down. <laughs> right? Right? So, so Jesus is, is saying that uh, the spirit is on me to do something incredible and awesome and unique for, for the people of the earth. And his church carries that purpose with them, right? So, so what is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit? Why did God pour them out? Simon and I uh, were, were chatting last week, and, and Simon asked, like, what do we need them for? They're so messy, <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't it sometimes just messy? And I'm like, I know, like people get all freaked out and crazy and uncomfortable when we pray for the sick and, and, and when somebody prophesies and heaven forbid, can somebody speak in tongues, give us a little demo right here? That'd be great. You know, like, like it's, 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 it's some wild and interesting and awesome stuff, right? But the spirit of the sovereign Lord was on Jesus to, to do these things, to accelerate the work of the kingdom through him. And so we see all through the, the, the works of Jesus, and we see all through uh, the book of Acts, these incredible things that the Holy Spirit is doing. Uh, I love this little passage at the beginning uh, of, of the story where, uh, like, Paul, or Peter rather, goes up to uh, Cornelius's house, and he's just sort of preaching and begins telling the gospel, and the Holy Spirit just falls on everybody, and they start, start speaking in tongues before he's done his sermon, Right? And then and they say, oh, well, the Holy Spirit's here. I guess it's all good. The Lord has invited you into the kingdom. I'll go check with the guys in Jerusalem and see if you're in. And, uh, and uh, that, that, that'll, that'll be okay. Yep, no, the Holy Spirit poured out on the Gentiles. That's, uh, that's great. We can't argue with that. God does what he's going to do, right? And so we see these incredible evidences of, of the Holy Spirit working. Uh, but what is he really about? What is he doing? Where is the compassionate heart of the Father in all that? And we, we see it just as we unpack this, this incredible passage. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Now, I, I don't know what your week looks like, but 
my week looks like a lot of that. My week looks like a lot of binding up uh, the brokenhearted. Uh, that song that we sang earlier, um, Come to the Altar. One of the things that, one of the things that, uh, that I do, I'm just going to start telling some stories. One of the things that, uh, that I do sometimes on Tuesday nights while youth group is on, um, I have wonderful youth program, Simon and Kathy, and, and I'll just try to drop uh, my son off and whoever we're taking a youth group on Tuesday night. And then what I'll often do is visit for a few moments, and I'll get in my car, and I will drive around, and I will stalk your homes. Did you know that? I'll drive around town, and I'll just drive by your homes and, and pray for you for an hour and a half while the kids are in youth group. Most of you, if you live in Carlton Place, and I've made a few trips to Almont, I've been to your house in the dead of night, and I've been praying for you. Well, this week, uh, incredible uh, uh, time uh, of doing that. Uh, I, was, uh, I was out and around, and I went to, to somebody's house, and this song is a song that, that, that came to my heart. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come and receive uh, forgiveness. Come and receive forgiveness and grace. So I sat in my car and I prophetically sung this song out the window of the car until the dog started howling and I had to drive away. And, uh, and, and, and stretched out my hands praying for this person that I felt like was in a place of grief and a place of pain. Okay, this is your freaky pastor trying to be prophetic, right? I'm telling you the weird stories behind the scenes. So here's what happened. The following morning, I get the text. I'm broken. I'm hurting. Can I come for coffee? From the person in that house. And that person spent three hours on my couch weeping and processing the grief and the pain and, and the loss that they've experienced. The Lord speaks to us. He tells us to do something absurd and, and strange, like go drive to someone's house and sing this song over them. And, and all of a sudden, God begins to release healing in their life. Have you ever had God ask you to do something weird like that? Do the weird thing. Listen to the voice of the Spirit and watch what happens. So that voice of the Spirit speaking in my heart, telling me to go and pray this prayer for that person, that's a gift of the Spirit. That's a catalyst, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit in that moment, and with a little bit of obedience, catalyzes change in the life of that person. Uh, he binds up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release uh, from darkness for the prisoners. Proclaim freedom for the captives. And you see the exorcist? We... We believe in deliverance. Now you're freaking out. Now you're freaking out, right? But this is, this is the bread and butter of what being a pastor is. Right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come uh, and, uh, and, and share uh, something that they're in bondage to, to an addiction or to uh, a... Um, it can, it can be absolutely anything. Uh, it can be, be locked up by pain. It can be locked up by fear. And, uh, and the Lord will, will speak to me and will, and will show me that there's actually a spirit oppressing that person. I have seen 
the great big glob of green puke. I've seen uh, the screaming and the cursing of a person uh, speaking with a voice that isn't their own. I felt the room filled with fear. And this is the bread and butter of, of being a pastor. The stories that we don't tell you. Come to have a nice conversation with a tea with somebody and they'll, and they'll all of a sudden start talking in a voice that isn't their own. I don't want to surrender. <laughs> Sip and drink a tea. <laughs> right? And what do we do when that happens? We do what Jesus did in the New Testament. He rebukes the spirit in the name of Jesus and the person gets free. And I've seen people like instantaneously set free from addictions and set free from, from all kinds of amazing things. And some of you have stories like that. I'm sure, I'm sure Doug has stories like that. But there are catalytic moments where uh, the Holy Spirit speaks into a situation and breaks bondages that people are in. And some of you are walking in freedom from, from those experiences right here in this room. And it's amazing. I can't tell any of these stories with names. It's terrible. Um, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. What's that little piece in that, in that scripture uh, in Isaiah uh, talking about? Uh, it, that, that idea of the vengeance of God is talking about uh, an igniting of the heart for battle, an igniting of the heart for ministry, an igniting of the heart uh, for mission, the lighting of the flame in the heart to go out and do that thing that God has called you to. And, and ministry time after ministry time after ministry time, uh, the Lord releases in people vision for the first time to go out and do that thing that he's called them to. Uh, it, was, it was actually amazing when, when we were in Costa Rica uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of the things that we were uh, we were asked to do was to just pray for gifts uh, to be released in people. And there was this uh, this young guy who was um, he'd been deployed to Afghanistan a couple of times and was really really locked up with uh, with PTSD. This this incredible young man, and and he's like everybody in in Costa Rica is like a hippie, right? So you would never, ever guess that this guy was a soldier. He was like long, curly hair and the big curly beard. And like, I don't even know, did he, where's Robert? Did he have a flowery shirt? I don't even know. But he was like just pure, pure hippie, right? And, and you could tell that he was like, like incredibly locked up. And we, we prayed for him. And it's like the Lord gave us words uh, that were, uh, words that were, were, going to speak into his situation before we, we knew what his story was, right? And God began to unlock this guy, and all of a sudden we saw, for, the f for, for what Timothy says, for almost the first time we saw this joy and this excitement and this passion on his face that, that had never, ever been there before, uh, well, since he was a kid. We saw this guy released. Uh, to pray, and he began to pray, and he began to praise God, and he began to speak out about things that he felt like God wanted him to do, that he always heard the, 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 this voice in his heart saying, no, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, you'll never be free, you'll never be free. And all of a sudden, he was set free through some, some just beautiful, insightful, prophetic words that, that Robert had, and Craig had, and I had just praying for this guy. 
like like amazing. And I spoke to Timothy a couple of days ago about what's what's happening with him, and and the guy is on fire. He's on fire. He's he's doing the stuff. It's amazing. God ignites us uh, for ministry. It says, and we'll comfort those who mourn. The Spirit comforts those who mourn. And we see Jesus identifying the Holy Spirit as a, as a comforter uh, in the scriptures. That was a part of the ministry that I had with this, uh, this wonderful uh, person who was, who was just on our couch and, and, uh, and praying earlier in this week was that uh, they, they had a fear in them that God was just always angry at them. And this is, this is one of these people that just absolutely knows intellectually that that's not true. How many of you just know intellectually what the answer to most of the questions are, right? But you can't feel the reality of that, of that happening, right? You can't feel the reality of the love of God. You can't feel the reality of ex- his acceptance. You can't feel the reality. What this person uh, had was an inability to ask God for forgiveness, just an inability to trust that God could actually forgive him. So a whole a structure in their life built around uh, this idea that God was, um, God was kind of angry with them and kind of mean and that they were ultimately on their own to find a source of comfort in life. And all of a sudden when we unlock this, unlock this person's ability to go to Jesus for the first time and to be able to say, Jesus Will, will you forgive me? And to feel and sense for the first, maybe not for the first time, but at a deeper level, the forgiveness and grace of the Father. All of a sudden, they're beginning to feel uh, some comfort in their lives, beginning to feel God touching that place of pain. Because there was a, this blockage of sin that was there that's unconfessed and, and, and unable to be dealt with. Now, I don't know the story, at the end of the story of, of a person like this or, or where they're going or whether good decisions are going to follow and all that. But in that moment, a person feels for the first time uh, a sense of freedom, a sense of relief, a sense that I can be at home and I can be comfortable in the arms of my father. Not in a, 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 a way that, yeah, I know that's true, so I'm going to try to feel that way, but in a way that was an authentic sense of being carried uh, by God authentic sense being carried by God uh, the Holy Spirit transforms us uh, I, I love this and we all connected with this when Anna read it in the, uh, in, the uh, in the worship time to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of despair I'm going to tell the story of a, of a girl named Jenny and I can tell I can tell her story because I, I have permission. Uh, Jenny was uh, with us in Costa Rica. She was a part of the community that we were uh, visiting. And Jenny's story was that uh, she's this, just this beautiful uh, little lady. She's probably in her early fifties, but she's got kind of uh, something kind of young and sweet about her. But uh, Jenny's experience was that she'd basically been abandoned all her life. Jane had been abandoned all her life. Uh, she, she had um, uh, not only abandonment early in her childhood, but uh, in, the, in the last year she'd been abandoned by uh, the man who had been her husband for the last 10 years. And he'd gone back to, to Argentina and he just left her. 
and abandoned her. Jenny was uh, a forester who uh, works up, uh, working to kind of uh, replant all of these sort of clear-cut areas in the interior of Costa Rica. And she works in this sort of really dangerous environment, often alone, uh, where there's, she sees like, uh, like large, like jungle cats, there's snakes that can kill her. There's all kinds of things there in that, in that, in that world. So this is the story. Uh, and a, a girl who's been abandoned all her life, who works in a dangerous, pl dangerous place, and is, uh, is somebody who replants forests. So when I prayed for Jenny, I didn't know anything about her at all, except that her name was Jenny. I just want to show you how this works. First of all, when somebody asks you to pray for somebody that you don't know anything about, you're terrified, right? Like, what in the world am I going to say to pray for Jenny, right? And so I, I remember sitting there uh, in, this, uh, in this area. Uh, she was surrounded by some people that loved her, uh, sitting on the edge of a table. I don't know, were you there for that one, Robert? Yeah, Robert was there uh, for that one. We began to pray for Jenny. And the Lord... Uh, shows me this picture. He says, Jenny, I say, I said, Jenny, I see a picture of you like a little baby in the arms of God. And I want you to know that he hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's held you. And even in times and spaces where you've been alone and you've been uh, in, in places of difficulty and in places of danger, uh, the Lord has been there and he's protected you. He wants you to know that his, his eye has been on you, that he's been with you the whole time. So Jenny, I'm seeing this picture. It's kind of a bizarre picture of you sitting on the step of your house and uh, a car is, is driving away from you and you're weeping uh, from somebody that you, you have lost. And the Lord says, in that moment, I'm here. In that moment, I'm with you. In that moment, uh, I'm your comforter, says the Lord. And the Lord says to me, uh, tell Jenny that uh, I see her as, as a gardener. I see her as somebody who uh, makes things grow in, in difficult places and in dangerous places. And it's not things that are going to grow um, easily or things that are going to grow quickly. I said this to her later, I, I see you not as a gardener of, of flowers, I see you as a gardener of trees. And the Lord is going to open you up and you're going to blossom and your ministry is going to grow and God's going to call you to places to share your story. And Jenny had just been invited to go and speak at a conference uh, to share her story of her work with the, the trees, right? So this is Jenny's life and this is what God tells me. And, 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 for the, and for the first time, like, she's, she, she's, she's never had an experience like that in her life. Never had an experience of, of, of God speaking to her. Never had an experience of, of God noticing her. Never had an experience of God uh, uh, that, that proved to her that God knows about her and knows about her life. And, and as what, what Timothy said, Jenny, God sent someone from Canada to tell you about you. And there's so many of these stories 
there's so many of these stories of God uh, speaking something to someone and, and just a word from God, that idea that God sees, the idea that God knows, catalyzes transformation. And so, so I talked with Timothy about Jenny uh, on the phone, uh, I, I guess it would have been maybe Tuesday night. Jenny is, is absolutely transformed. He says, I've never seen somebody smile so much. And she's opened up like a flower. And she's smiling and, and she's, she's full of joy. Because God speaks to his people. He wants to connect with his people. He doesn't want our relationship with him to be one that is, is so distant and so far and so impersonal. God is a personal God who wants to connect with his people. He wants to transform us. He wants to bring uh, joy instead of despair. He wants to bring a crown of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of a spirit of despair. And time and time and time again, we've seen the Lord speak through someone, sometimes the Lord speaking through someone to me and see that transformation, that release of joy uh, for the first time. And it always happens as the gifts are, are released in the, in the community. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Some people God is calling to rebuild houses and places of worship. Uh, people, there are people in this room that I believe are called to be leaders of Christian communities where people gather to connect and to have relationship with God. And I've had so many opportunities over the years to pray for a young man or a young woman and, and, and just see in them that gifting, see in, the, in them that gifting to build, that gifting to lead community and pray for them and just share with them the sense of purpose that God has for them. And there are people, uh, person after person, in, in, in the story behind me who are, who are pastoring churches and leading churches because God is calling people to build, calling people to lead, calling people to do uh, community. Uh, Isaiah uh, 61 verse 6, and you'll be called priests of the Lord. You'll be named ministers of our God. Uh, through the release of the gifts, God releases purpose. Uh, it's so clear in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 that the purpose for the gifts is to edify, to build up the church, uh, to build up his people, uh, and to release not just superstars, not just one person, not just a couple of people, not just a sacred holy few, but the whole church to eagerly desire the gifts and be used in building up the, uh, the kingdom. That these gifts are, are for everybody. That's what it meant when Jesus uh, tore the veil in two, when the veil was, of the temple was torn, and all of a sudden, uh, a symbol that every human being has access to the living God. His power, his gifts, relationship with him are available for every person. Every person, I mean, if you look at this text, you who are poor, all of these things will happen to you, including this, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. It talks in the New Testament of the priesthood of all believers. Who are the pastors in the church? Well, raise your hands. Right? You guys are the pastors of the church. You guys are the ones that God is pouring out his gifts on. You guys are the ones that God is calling to minister. What is, what's my job as a pastor? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. I'm just a 
trainer, a pretty bad one, to be honest. But I'm called to, to release you guys to go out there and do it. Uh, we, we just have to get past this mentality that I'm, uh, or, or any of our staff, uh, Doug and Linda are our hired holy people that are here to do the ministry for the community. Did you know that, that you hired them to train you and to equip you and to release you? Did you know that you have a job, that you have a purpose, that you have a ministry as a person in the kingdom? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you, every one of you, to do the things that God is calling you to do. We believe in the naturally supernatural, that, that we can be laid back, that we can be uh, calm, cool, and collected about it, that we don't have to turn on our brains, but that every single one of us is called to move in the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're available to you. They're available to you. It says this in, uh, in verse 7, Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. It's gift to receive. All this is gifts to receive. All this is, is the love of God for you poured out through your life uh, for your own sake and for the sake of, of the community. Unless you receive these gifts that he's pouring out for you, uh, we're, we're as, as a body, we're, we're walking around with one leg and no arms. You know, we're, we're like this. If, if everybody isn't, isn't thinking, how can I serve? How can I serve the purpose of God? How can I receive the Spirit? Lord, how do you want me to exercise your gifts? Who am I going to meet in the drugstore? Who am I going to meet in the, in the grocery store? Who am I going to meet in my place of employment? And Lord, what word are you going to speak uh, to my heart in that moment? Who are you going to tell me to pray for who's sick? Lord, what key are you going to give me to unlock that person's heart? There's so much more for us. There's so much more for us as people. There's so much more. How many of you have had an experience of, of actually receiving a word from God for, for somebody? That's, that's so good. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Doesn't Paul say that he wants everyone to experience this in the church? Absolutely everyone. And, and we've been, we've been for, for years and years and years as, as, as Christians, uh, some of us like, oh, no, it, it can't be me. It, it, that must, that's for somebody else, for somebody who's, who's got their life more together. That's for somebody who's, who's you know, been to Bible school. That's for somebody who's been uh, trained. That's for somebody who's been called to ministry. And it's really, really clear in the scriptures that it's for the whole body of Christ. It's for absolutely everyone. It's for absolutely everyone. And so, as, as with all gifts, how do, you, how do you receive it? How do you receive a gift? You, you put out your hand, and you, and you take it. And that's what the Lord is doing for you. He's holding out these gifts in his hands, and he's saying to you, come on and play. 
come on and try it. Go for it. And what would happen in this community if, if all of a sudden all of us woke up and began to think that at any moment God might speak to me and call me to minister to somebody and to care for somebody by the power of the Spirit? What if we just walked out of this place with that expectation? That your life is more than about the job that you do and the money that you earn. That it's about more than raising your kids, which is awesome. It's about more than uh, getting home and hopefully getting half an hour to watch TV before you go to bed. What if you lived life all the time understanding that at any moment God might call you to care for somebody? Uh, I'm going to tell, last night was hilarious. Like it was, it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, I was at a at a gathering of people, just a social gathering to sort of hang out, and there's a little bit of time for prayer. And I was exhausted. I've had I mean a crazy week. I've been uh, doing some some uh, conflict management in a couple of different places. Thankfully, not at OVV. I see not adults get stuck in conflict management situations, but seldom here, which is really great. Kudos to you guys. You must talk to each other like humans or something. But, uh, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm dealing with a situation in Guelph and a situation in Thunder Bay and a situation in another local ministry. And it's just been one of those incredibly intense weeks. And so I was at this gathering of, of believers and it was mostly like hang around, connect, do relationship, uh, do, do a chat uh, and, uh, and then pray a little bit and go your way. And I was honestly, I was peopled out. I was, I was fried. So I said, I'm going to go to the grocery store and just sneak out and, and have uh, a little bit, of, uh, little bit of time there, just shop, and I'll come pick up Anna afterwards. I met eight people in 40 minutes. It took me 40 minutes to go and get bottles of water in the grocery store. And I met eight people, and most of them you know, were brief encounters, momentary encounters but significant encounters of the Lord speaking to me uh, where where are you uh, where's Andrew there's Andrew I, I had like about a three minute encounter with Andrew in the grocery store and where's Dan where are you are you still in here Dan Patchell there's Dan Patchell so so Dan and I are talking about um, of all things about whether we like writing greeting cards or not, or whether we like writing uh, like thank you notes, whether we like doing notes. Dan and I are having a conversation about that. Andrew walks up to me in the middle of this conversation where Dan and I are talking about like sort of like, can we love each other by writing a note for someone, even though that's not our thing? That's sort of what Dan and I were talking about, like, like whatever. And Andrew comes up to me in that moment and Andrew says, Hey, I just read that note that you sent me. I had it on my bed. Thanks so much for sending that to me. It was a Christmas note that I read, like right in the middle of that conversation. Like God just putting together divine appointment after divine appointment, encounter after encounter, moment after moment. And if you'll walk just through the grocery store with your eyes open and think this could be the moment God could use me to unlock something in somebody's heart, it would be amazing what we'll see. And, and we already see amazing things in this town just because this church is here. Uh, I told the story to, to you at the very beginning, but I'm going to tell it again for those of you that uh, weren't here when I went after the first song. Uh, I got 
pulled over on the way to church today. Yeah, pulled over because I was going too fast. Happens uh, from time to time. But I did what I shouldn't do. I played the pastor card. So, so I played the pastor card. I'm like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I pastor church in Carlton Place. I, I'm late. Uh, so sorry. Like, I was just really apologetic. And he was like, I know who you are. <laughs> I was, it was we. We know who you are. And I was like, oh, no. Like, what's going on? Right, I, I pan. He says, he said, we know what you do in this community. We know about your church. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing and don't drive too fast. <laughs> Cops know about this church. They know about you. They know how the spirit moves. They might not have language for it. They might not understand. But, but even the, the few of us who, who have this expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to pour himself out through us, if we can multiply that through the whole community, we can see an incredible, incredible thing happen in this region. The Holy Spirit wants to move through you. The Spirit of the Lord is on you because he has anointed you to preach good news to the poor. He has anointed you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is the heart of God for you, the heart of God for this community, because he loves you, and he loves this place, and the vessel through which he loves this place is you. That's his gift to us. Not only that he gives us that ministry, but he empowers us to do it. This might be the day. This might be the moment. We need to get your ninja on. Is this the moment? Is God going to do it? Is there somebody to pray for? Somebody need healing? And if we can just have these words in our heart, can I share with you or can I pray with you? And learn to say them when God says to say them. We're going to see amazing, amazing things happen. Let's stand up. Lord, these are your hands and feet. These are your hands and feet. There are so many stories. There's so many more stories that I could tell. Man, of, of you reaching people through people. Would you break the inhibition off of us? Would you break the fear off of us? And would you just set us free to obey you? Set us free to obey you, Lord. To imagine that this might be the moment that you might speak to us and tell us to care for someone. To set someone free who's oppressed by proclaiming freedom in Jesus' name to lay hands on one who's in grief and comfort them with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. To catalyze change in a person's life, to light a fire in them, to encourage them, to show them who they are and how they can be used by you. To see transformation of someone in depression and fear. To lift them up. To build communities and spaces for the worship of God. Would you release your people to fulfill their purpose as priests of God, 
as those who connect God to people who lay a hand on the heart of God and a hand on a lost soul and draw them together. And would you just bless them to receive, just humbly, graciously to receive the gifts you're pouring out. Would you give us a posture as people of, of open hands? Would you, would you enable us to just believe your generosity? That you're so generous that we are not uh, poor and without resource. That the good news has been proclaimed to us. That we have something to give because you've given something to us. Take away our fear and release us to do the work of the kingdom to do even greater things than the things that you modeled on the earth. Empower your church, O God. Release faith. We want everything that you have for us. We want to be weird in the best possible way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.